You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to our Watch Long Critical Commentary podcast, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, where much of Riverdale is shot. Uh, we're in horror again this week. I guess so, yeah. Horror and big adult emotions, which, like, fair, that is horror. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, mature decisions and relationship conversations about complicated baggage? Huh. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Um, also, Tabitha, we'll get there at the end, but Tabitha's, I'm actually an nth level superhero already. I've outclassed you all and become Doctor Strange. I kind of love that that happened off screen. Like, part yeah. of me would have loved yeah. to have yeah. had the adventure instead. Yeah. Like, the subsequent adventure she's been going on. The reveal and the twist that, um, that the apocalypse, the one apocalypse shot we get is but one of many. Yeah. Is, is just so, yeah. Yeah. It. It superheroes up the stakes real, real genre nicely. Um, While also having this episode where we mostly are in two-hander conversations that reminded me, like, the episode mm -hmm, felt very mm -hmm. slow in a way that I really liked. Yes, yes. We we really sat in one place long enough to to investigate it deeply with a string of stories. Um, I, I... I think I described it earlier as a stack of bottle episodes, um, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. which makes something not at all a bottle episode because a bottle episode <laughs> is is thematically and spatially contained. But in this isolated hive of cut off pairs, mm. um, I think we get a, a some of the cooking tension that is so so juicy about a good bottle episode the the force presence boils everything everything up a little bit decisions get made or happen or moved and yeah yeah and i feel like we got a really good we just got a good shift toward hearing people's subtext a little bit more i think that's probably mm -hmm. partly what you mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um felt and... much more contemporary theater <laughs> yeah. Um. And I. I yes. Not I about. I didn't way. actually mean that, that in that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um. I. I think what I meant more is like I. First of all, I thought Archie and um, Betty were just dating. I didn't know they hadn't had that check in. Um. But they certainly <laughs> escalated. In love yeah. With certainly. one brain cell between them. Usually Betty's. Certainly escalated from. Are we dating to are we parents, um, which we didn't actually get an answer to by the end of the um, episode. Trope, 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 trope. Um, I bought it. I liked it. Yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I believe them as a couple more than I usually do. Absolutely. And I think that I think that kind of goes for like my experience of most characters in this episode. Um, uh we hadn't really seen Jughead and Tabitha be affectionate with each other, for example, yeah, in a few yeah, episodes. Yeah. And we hadn't um, we hadn't seen Kevin intimate with anybody for, like, mm -hmm. a while, which mm -hmm. I overdue. He's been in culty cult um, mode. Yeah. Even after his own deep emotional crises, missteps, and, and social blunders and community. The last season's set of stuff. Yeah, which it brings up the question, like, to what extent is he brainwashed as well, mm -hmm, or is he mm -hmm, just very suggestible? Mm -hmm. And are we going to get this, like, I didn't actually have to do that much pushing from Percival at the climax? We'll see. And here comes Moose. And here comes Moose. Who Hi, Cody Kearsley. Welcome back. Get, a local actor, get that gig. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, Surprise. they made him look good. I don't, I've tried really hard not to objectify people on this show too much. I think I did a little bit of that in my early hosting days and I tried to sort of tone him down. He looks very he, handsome as. He looks very handsome. An appropriately aged adult man with a beard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's an intriguing romantic interest to pop back in for Kevin. Yeah. Um, 
consequentially, we or, or incidentally, in the same spot, we we got some fangs development that is yeah. maybe not so great, but deeper than they usually take him. Yeah, I wasn't really sure how to respond to the character choices they had made for fangs. I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens next. Yeah. Um, uh, he's he's certainly sticking to a a some more moral theme and questions of that are really class and race relevant that um I think seem to be the underpinning thread of of Tony's Tony, na, na, Tony's, Tony's plot, in which Fangs and Kevin are key supporting players. And maybe Anthony, of course, but he's a potato at this point. Yes, it's true. I love that they keep calling keep calling him Baby, Baby Anthony, Anthony in case we don't remember who Anthony is. It's yeah, it's exactly the type of little campy convention that just fits well in this world. Yeah, it's a good creation. If it is a creation, who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, I really enjoyed all that two-hander emotional depth stuff. I really, it's so funny. I just don't trust Cheryl's mom. No, no. Um, even with, like, the actually pretty good peace offering, very notebooky, like, as in the movie The Notebook. Yes. Um. It could be worse. It could be worse. At, at least you're unhiding it now. You're a little late. Yeah, very, but... very tactical um, uh, peace offering. And yes. I'm curious to see if it's genuine. I'm, um, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't it. expect her to be isolated in a nunnery in Tibet. Yeah, the Himalaya randomly. And also, like, uh, how sketch are the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, a Catholic missionary in, um, not North, I'm uh, sorry, in not Europe. Yeah. That means nothing good. Already bad. And <laughs> I, a Catholic missionary operating likely in Chinese-occupied Tibet. Or... It's hard to say. The Himalayas is big. Yeah. And, like, part of it's in India, part of it's in China, part of it's in Tibet, part of it's elsewhere. Um, I, it's hard to, I, I feel more sus about this, like, clearly very abusive order of sisters in Asia than I do about whether or not it's in a Chinese occupied Tibet, although that is also Which complication? Yeah, which complication are we going for here? Um, Um, there was, there was an unspoken... Anyway. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you're, you're quite right. Um, there is an unspoken implication... That, um, you know, she'd take her vows and cut everything off. But she never said what her vows are. Yeah. There's a loophole there. Maybe her vows are to wreak vengeance. That's an interesting question. I actually don't know about the difference, really, between different orders of vows. I would Mm -hmm. imagine some of them include vows of silence, now that I think about it, or vows of other types. I really don't know that much about sisterhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm incidentally acquainted with the the Catholic nun system mm-hmm. in the area I grew up with, but the broader, the broader nuns of the world and the extreme sects of Catholicism and Christianity, I've not, I've not delved into. It can go, I like, it's historically gone pretty wild in a few directions. Sure. Uh, yes. From I, I, from beautifully sapphic feminism to um <laughs> bizarre super cults and i i so far we've seen bizarre super cults yeah suppressing the sapphic feminism we've definitely seen them like more abusive end of the catholic church in this show the mass suicide and all the murder lessons the poison lessons kind of things like i was thinking ooh. more of just the conversion therapy but yes yeah that oh, yeah that <sighs> it just hasn't been great um, all this to say is that we don't, I, I, there's really interesting. I remember, um, uh, a, um, poet, a local poet, um, oh, actually, no, sorry, not local, um, a poet from back East, um, talking about, um, the context is endless, but the soundbite, um, that comes to mind is, I remember her saying, if you See reviews are always take a knife, even if they say they've changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, where's Cheryl's knife? Good thing it's 
Yeah. Pyrokinesis. Yep. <laughs> Built-in knife. Yeah. Yep. That's that's a real real mood. Um, yeah. So that's something that occurred to me during the whole thing. I was like, "Where's Cheryl's knife? Is she okay?" <laughs> Her line. I noticed Nana was completely absent from that episode. Yeah, that's a conversation we're not ready to have about Nana and Penelope's relationship yes. as um, abusive foster adoptive mom slash trafficker. Yeah, we never deal with that. And like this show's deal dealt with some stuff at this point. Yeah. Like, it's probably time to deal with it. I mean. I yeah. feel like they're focusing in on Cheryl's gen- Cheryl's generational trauma. I don't know if we've got room to back it up to Penelope and Rosemary this season anyway. Yeah, this season's that's, already pretty full. Yeah, that's the kind of supporting character love that, you know, Kevin Fangs and Tony had to fight for. And I I love Natalie Bolt's performance. She's a delight. Yeah, she's always uh, great. And... A range of ridiculous character delight. Like, really beautiful, uh, changed selves. And all the same character, too. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I, this is a complete sidebar. I'm gonna have, gonna have to, gonna wait till it's out of theaters, but I'm desperate to see everything everywhere all at once right now. Um, in which Michelle Yeoh is everything. Yes, are we thinking of um, characters that do a bunch of different things? Is that what the segue was? Yeah, the segue was actors that I really, really like who play every weird version of themselves mm, beautifully in, in a single go. Yeah, I think um, I think that movie looks really great as well. I'm Soon. Soon. Um, well, Ryan, should we jump in and see where talking over the episode takes us? Yeah, I wanted to touch on one more detail yeah, um, about genre before we went in. Um, yeah. So I'm very interested in the genre of this episode. I was quite thrown at the beginning um, by the, the, the horror conventions after a string of episodes in very camp, very comic book contemporary heroism. Um... As we got in deeper, I feel like those those lines started to intermingle well, um, and I was reminded much more of the of of the comic book horror tradition, which I think is less less in focus in the last thirty or forty years, um, but still has some really thriving material, um, particularly in the produced by the Archie Car- Comics Company. There is, there is Archie horror and Archie's weird mysteries running the the range from um, quite biting to extremely camp, hmm. um, and I I would say they're probably they're one they're they produce at least as much as DC and Marvel each produce of horror comics I I think I might be wrong and missing a whole big subgenre, but. From what I see, even just on the shelves, uh, browsing, um, the big companies dip into horror for a, a story or two. Sometimes Batman's real gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, but a horror-first series is... There's not a lot of, of huge leading ones that I can think of at the moment. I think, like, Swamp Thing has origins as as these horror stories. Um, Interesting. Uh an ad- adjacent genre to the kind of superhero or detective um, genres that have evolved hugely into Superman, Batman, and the creative spinoff of the Marvel superhero. Blah, 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 blah. Rambling. Um, the point is, um, I'm reminded of this genre intersection of horror comics uh, and hmm. what it's been in the last few years. Um and gently extracting all of the zombie zombie stuff because that's clearly being saved for another day. Um, I liked what they brought together uh, of the the horror the horror plot structure and setup of each of these each of these little bottled scenes, little bottled worlds. Um, it, it started to mesh with the comic book for me much more as we went in and I'm, I'm excited to start watch from the beginning again uh with that lens because i i mostly know horror through film and literature hmm. um 
and graphic novels, comics are... It's a bit of a blind spot, I think, at least in my knowledge of horror. Oh, yeah, but same. Absolutely. I think it is it is a less pro- widely produced and read genre in the last the stretch. Only, like, comic book horror, really, I can think of is uh, Sin City, which is not really what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's something, that's a, yeah, that's a whole political commentary thing. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh... Okay, I'm ready to jump in. Great. Thank you for for my comic monologue. Yeah, <laughs> I was into it. Uh, let's queue uh, up a video. Let us queue up a video. Um... Making it work uh, with the Badoom in three, Ooh. two, one. Badoom-ba. <sighs> Only incrementally late in our pacing and my rhythm. Oh, problem. Ah. Responding to Warner Brothers. Um, not them personally, but certainly the noise that this it makes. Is the noise. <laughs> the bad noise. Brought to you by one Percival Pickens. And the, you know what I noticed about this writing is that the narrative catch-up's very quick. Mm-hmm, and then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're doing this whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in momentum. We've, we've successfully tied these threads together. But now we're going to send them all off in, in in mismatched directions. Yeah. Coup de town. Uh, so, oh. I don't think he's was... completely gone over to the dark side yet. Why does she think that? <laughs> and I guess she ends Optimism. up being right, but... Or maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I don't oh, you know, she, we, she has 1,000 blah, 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 blah versions of reality experience, so... Oh, that's true. She does. So Kevin's a get. A gettable get. I want a look around this curiosity shop. When are we getting that? <laughs> I know we got one in um, the time travel episode, but it wasn't quite the same. Mm-hmm. It was a different curiosity shop in the 90s. You know, this episode has me thinking how much I miss Villain Alice in some ways. Hmm. Now that we care about Alice intimately enough that we don't want her to be bad, bad. Sure. Like... She was also wearing a toucan brooch. I just felt I should point that out. Fabulous. Carry on. I think that was all. No, great. Hmm? Uh, yeah, and then she's the weather woman making um, making municipal political announcements during the weather report. Yeah. Th- I, that's... A, that's. I don't know. That's a move, but <laughs> nothing else is codified in law in this town, apparently, so... I've never really known known or noticed anything about vintage weather reports, and we seem to be mm. getting, like, a very vintage background in this weather report, and I just didn't know anything about it, and it's, like, globe-shaped. Right. Kind of. Right. It's, like, a, a, a big, bigger meteorological Yeah. And chart. the map of the state seems very vague. <laughs> Where's Riverdale? Where's Riverdale? Close enough to New York that you can take the train. But mm-hmm. conservative enough that it, and like not weirdly accented enough that it's not like northern Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's all. And not know. West Coast. It's presumably. not. No, no, and it's definitely not. West not Coast. It definitely not like my side of the Rockies. Mid Midwest leaning east. You ca- asked earlier, what is Veronica counting down to? I did. Yeah. Did we ever figure that out? I don't think so. I think it's. Or is she just marking off like another day that didn't go well? Hard to say, but it, it there's a shot on it, right? Also, we never talked to this woman. Well, we have before. She's been the one who... Uh, no, no, no. We never talked to the woman where oh, everybody's like, I want yes. to talk to her. You're right, yes. That's a surprise episode? surprise gift for the future. Tony? All that aside, I, so these tactics, I didn't... Tony gets a pass. I fully think that she's she's hitting below the belt um, she is, because this I'm, is already yes. a dirty fight, and she knows to meet it how to meet it where it's at. Um, I it is un it is unfortunate that like like they address really specifically the the biases and perceptions that go into making these parts of their lives, vulnerabilities yeah. in, a, in a custody battle. It's interesting. It sort of mirrors 
um, Fang's like almost mm. almost like subtext for subtext. It almost mirrors mm-hmm. Fang's telling her off for doing pole dancing. Right. In the last episode. Like it's very um Interesting. Look, I don't want to be a prude or look, I'm all for sex positivity, she says in this one. Yeah. Yeah. But X, Y, and Z. Of course, like Fangs is not manipulating Tony in the way that Tony is attempting to maneuver around Kevin. Yeah. Reminding he's... him that he is he let he who is without sin and all that. Not that I believe in the concept of sin. <laughs> but um It's a handy phrase. Yes. Oh, this dress on Cheryl. This poofy dress. Yeah. Um, really. Anyway, all I, yes, I it just struck me as interesting. That's all. I think uh, you know. I think you're right. It's it's a it's a it's an important parallel that again that's that I might only catch in rewatch. Yeah. Um. But definitely hints at some of the threads of the conversation that we might get to glimpse in that. It's not a throuple. It's not a love triangle. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a complicated parents. family. Yeah, it's three parents. Yeah, trying to it's a three parent family. Sort out a custody battle, and it like two parents trying to sort out a custody battle. It looks unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that she says this thing about the sisters believe in redemption, and Cheryl has like you. We close. We have a little close up on Cheryl for a sec, like just. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. Yep. You get your redemption, Sister Blossom. Bless you. Blech. Uh-huh. And she only does half the cross, too. She kind of like, she doesn't genuflect the whole way. Yeah. I think that doesn't feel uncommon to me to, to do like kind of a three-point tap. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe it's Lazy Catholic. I have no idea. This is a good conversation. Um, this conversation in particular rooted me back into superhero world. Mm-hmm. Um, really surprised non mom actually probably should have brought me there just on sheer ridiculousness of concept. But um Yeah. We we in a swoop move the superhero progress plot forward beautifully, move the relationship conflict forward by introducing some some actually interesting new you know problems like death pending mm-hmm. death and um i think i as much as i would have liked to see the quest the reveal of tabitha's awesomeness yeah. as a superhero is is a delight like yeah. the, the clearness that she is the leader of their superhero team now yeah, that, and I also like that we've got the, we were going in hard with the, with great power comes great responsibility from the mm-hmm. get-go, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, All the fog hazers, yeah, do all I, at once. Do I tell my partner that he's probably going to die? You know? Yeah. Like, that's a... You're coping with the, with the, a life change and disability. Part of that can be bargaining. How are you going to do with your blooming death? Mm-hmm. Surprisingly well, it seems. But Surprisingly well. And we never, it, it's never answered who this person is lurking at the... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, Riverdale gang, I didn't turn my phone off. That was rude of me. Buzz, buzz. We also have both cats with us here today, so if someone gets antsy, there might be purrs and meows. Be, be warned and welcoming. Pinch Cat joins us. Yes. A rare uh, journey out from the Heidi spot. She's being a head, a head percher. Well, <laughs> sorry, a shoulder percher. Sorry. A headrest almost. Almost a headrest. <laughs> so no meeting. I love the. You know what I think. Falls I, apart. You know what I think I liked about this episode is that mm. we get like plot point pivot, plot point pivot. Yeah. We, we go to places. We went places I really didn't expect. Yeah, we got a lot of manageable twists. Yeah. Thrown thrown at each of the each of the, the, the diverging threads. They each they each got to deal with a change or a twist or a, a factor, but none of it was Riverdale's often so earth shattering in their jerky maneuvering yeah. between ideas realities. <laughs> I also love how um 
sassy um that look that betty just gave archie was <laughs> just this very like oh we're alone oh okay i see where we're going with this it was just very sweet and really kind of, I think, sets up the, like, couple's intimacy tone of this Yes, of this yes, yes, yeah, yeah. The, the show-don't-tell of the relationship that they've got. Um, I we, for some reason I thought they'd had this talk. I don't know why I thought that. I mean, it's been a few breakups and affairs and questionable things. And I guess it's been a busy year. But, um, yeah, this is, I guess there's that whole explosion that sort of probably interrupted things, (laughs) interrupted the relationship check-ins. Yeah. Back when Veronica was still living in this house and next to normal, that's not that long ago. Yeah. Right. Because Betty, because that Veronica's a serious relationship happened in between Betty and Archie as a casual thing. I don't remember. Eh. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little fuzzy on some of the details of this show. It's just been too many seasons. You know, maybe that's by design at this point. Yeah, the, maybe. the rules mean nothing, and the past is but a blur. Canon, I don't even know her. Can't. <laughs> I, see, it's funny. I thought this line was for Jughead, and she lies pretty. Yeah. She lies well enough that I that I accept it against my watcher instincts until they circle back. Yeah. Um, well played. Like good TV. Yeah. Also, it's about time. It, evidently they've like they're referencing back to a conversation that they've mm. already had, which I felt needed to happen, so I'm very yeah. excited that these conversations or these characters have had it. This is the episode of so many mature processing conversations of baggage and trauma and history. Just like a, a, a spring of it. I just think it's funny. Even Kevin, unexpectedly. Yeah. Really surprised that Kevin was more than pastiche uh, cult member this time. Yeah. But cool. I, um, I really enjoyed how every single household had like... It's copious, copious candles. Artistic candle. Um... Lighting design. Um, I know it's a television show. I know, I know, but I loved that it was so blatantly <laughs> consistent. Everywhere, except Pops, who, when they went out, my first thought was, they should have a generator. Yeah, which it turned out you good. <laughs> turned out they did. Just haven't. I bet you Pops would have kept it full. Pops has seen some stuff. Yes, that's true. That's true. So this was like... Oof. Wild divergence. Unexpected. Yeah, and it's interesting that they chose now mm-hmm. to... It's interesting that... I mean, to me, because I'm pregnant, it's interesting to me how much of Betty's um, complex humanity we get as we mm. explore the possibility of her being a parent. Right, right. Just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's intentional. I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's often adjacent emotional rattle. Yeah. It's, um. I was a little surprised. I don't dislike it as a choice, but I was a little surprised that Betty didn't stab him with that weapon. Yeah. Because she's Betty. Yeah. yeah. That that would have been a way for her to end that, presumably, except for superhero rules. Um, I'm not le. Interesting decision to make her dismember a body. I I feel like they're explicitly not having her kill a person. Sure. Which is absolutely what I think that trope is echoing. I oh, think I think yeah. in a in a, a intentionally adult frame series in Dexter in uh, Hannibal, um, you would probably have a a live body there to dismember. Right. It would be um, like the saw thing that you were talking about earlier. Exactly. She didn't the key. She didn't get sawed. She just did an autopsy sloppily, a la Dr. Curl Jr., against her will and admits yeah. to torture. Like I mean, bad times. Yeah. But what's what's the unirredeemability? Right. I think that um I think it sort of depends on how you treat 
how we feel about corpses. Mm-mm. Like yeah. this would this would be a, like an unpleasant thing for that person's parents to hear at a trial, for example, if she right. had to like give testimony about TBK. Yep. And even absolutely. if intellectually they understood that no harm was caused, it would still be yeah really distressing to hear as an example. So right. I can appreciate it as like a way for someone to manipulate someone else. Right. Perhaps a bit more incremental than than do a murder now. Mm-hmm. On pain of death. Hmm. Archie, um, holding actually a pretty good string of being a, uh, a supportive present person who says good supportive things. Yeah. And listens, especially when he doesn't understand or it's not his lane. Like... Real good string, Archie. They're doing, they're, 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 they're juggling that pretty well. Yeah. Since I think the the pastiche of the early half of the season got a lot of crazy Archie out of the way. Yeah. Also, I think that everybody does some acting this episode. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good intimate two hander. One scene partner. Um. I, yeah. Not, not even romances. A lot, three of them are couples, but they're just big relationship change talks. Yeah. Of coming to reality with, with things. Yeah, absolutely. I loved this one being one of them. I loved, loved, loved Veronica in this episode. I so did I. I thought it was great. Um, the direct comparison of her to Hiram is so good and under underscored by her demeanor and those shoulder pads and her facial expressions throughout. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't really... I didn't... I wouldn't really have expected a game of, like, exes strip poker from these two. But it, but it works for me. Right. Well, their latest breakup was quite a, quite a sudden volatile thing, right? Yeah. Um, I read this as Veronica coming back around and re-deciding what she actually wants. Yeah. After the dust is starting to settle. And I did feel like their conversation ended in a, like, we can't be together because of these toxic behaviors. But toxic behavior is always changeable. Yes. Mm. Um... Well, I mean, yes, at least in theory. But I and so I, re- sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say that her taking down uh, Hiram's picture for herself, mm. I could see like would impress future Reggie, who might then be like, "Oh, you did that for yourself, right? How interesting! I still care about you a lot, you, right? You see what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I think the um, I love the argument. That they get to, uh, that they they draw out each other's worst sides or qualities. Yeah. But I agree, it's not immutable, and it everyone everyone gets some nice emotional growth here, and it's such a nice juxtaposition of extreme time travel mm-hmm. and absurd circumstances and the deep fog with stalkers. Who we never get back to, either. <laughs> Everything's fine in Archie Betty Land. Yeah. Or they they have other priorities. But um, we also hit on beats of emotional vulnerability from Reggie that I was really delighted to see. Yeah. Um, that I think Veronica Veronica is everything in this episode yeah. um camila mendez's performance in this episode uh balances and really draws out and really lets us see a lot of a a lot of this dynamic that reggie names yeah absolutely um sorry the reason i'm a bit quiet is i'm it just occurred to me that the reason tabitha mm. doesn't want junkhead to go out in the fog is because that was one of the endings where he dies. Oh. I wondered if that's what was going on. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Back to this. Yes, Camila Mendez is wonderful in this episode. And I, like, yeah, they, this whole sequence was really good fun for these characters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I also appreciated that we didn't, it wasn't a cheesecake episode. We don't get a ton of, um, like, we see the yeah. smooching in the foreplay, but we don't see any of the sex. We Yeah, we sit in the conversations, and the sex is between scenes because it's not actually what we're focusing on. It's a step in their conversations. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's just punctuation. Yeah. Um, Might be a little too late to start over. Yay, emotional maturity. Exploring your wants, but ex- being realistic and, and facing your, your demons. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Veronica's subtle... Uh, Veronica's unspoken but potent development. Told just in a little bit of visual and metaphor. And in her very focused attention to her relationship with Reggie. Yeah. There's so much character statements. I was just thinking, in a universe that we know contains um, an actual picture of Dorian Gray in a bar (laughs) in a basement in Greendale, (laughs) slash in hell, this, we both know it's more than just a painting, packs a little extra something-something, you know? (laughs) We know magic's real. So, so real. Also, just the green, like, the really really Slytherin-y green in here. Yes, the candles. It's, like, very... Green and orange. Yeah. I, like, I look, green's my favorite color, so Mm -hmm. I've always noticed, but, um, like, the green candles in particular are just, like, very... It's a a distinct and different color scheming that, that leans into directions. A burning green candle is not just a burning green candle on Riverdale. No. Nothing is ever just anything on Riverdale, I mean, as we've discovered. I mean, sometimes the lines are absolute trash, and the plot lines will go nowhere. But I believe in every set design choice as oh, an yeah. intentional <laughs> artistic endeavor by bored, underworked artists, most of whom are doing a day job, to fund their indie shows. I mean, underworked or overworked if they're on a film set? Actually, I have no idea. They're underworked underworked in their field, overworked in their employable, lower skill set, lower pay grade (laughs) area. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this is like this philosophical approach to relationships is Mm, really what mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. butting heads about here because Veronica's perspective is very realistic. She's saying, I don't know what would have happened because that's not what happened. Yes. Which is... A good point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Reggie is saying, like, no, if you are interested in being with me, then we need to, like, be specific about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it needs to be specific that it's me, not just sort of what we bumble into. Yes. You know? Intentional choice. Um, I think that's that that's a, a wild and interesting and new depth of emotional boundary from Reggie. Yeah. As we've seen on this show. The awareness of his needs. And I don't think he necessarily puts it on her too too much either. He just puts it out there. Yeah. And like, seems... I. There's a lot of self-awareness in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Allowed to, allowed to surface. And this is the only line that I don't bad. really like, honestly. Things that are... Simpatico. Yeah. See, works for me. But yeah, I, 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 I'm accepting the thesis that, like a Bronte novel, they make each other worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens in life, too, I guess. No. Not just in Bronte novels. And the decision not to lean into that because it feels good or familiar or... Because the sex and stir poker is great. Yeah. Like, they are so well-aligned in many ways. But also, they've been doing a lot of illegal stuff together. Yeah. Like, we started this season. Was it last? We started... Veronica's sort of stepped off the concept of on the on the book's money at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's grading tests. I could not mm-hmm. figure out what mm-hmm. he was doing. Yeah, it tracks. That speaks to every young young teacher suffering. Yeah. And flashing back to... I think that was Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Possibly. They 
They certainly pull through the whole back catalog of cruisy moments with Kevin. Yeah. Pretty pretty robustly. And, um... Yeah, I think what's kind of unfair about what Tony does is, like, some people just hook up like that, and it's not... It doesn't it's true. mean it's irresponsible. I think she pokes a societal shame vulnerability. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's... it's and it's hitting below the belt. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's a warranted rebuttal yeah. in the context. Fair. Like it's, it's hitting below the belt. It's hitting a trauma quite directly and pointedly. Yeah. Um, I love how Moose just like, like pops into this staff room and is like, it's time for us to bone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, like, I work with you now, so let's get this sorted out. Yeah. <laughs> Because of the fog. He's like, yeah, uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. of the fog. Mm-hmm. 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 Little product placement. Uh, also, those are good chips. I love that tension. I'm, I'm just realizing. I love that old flames in a room together tension. That's a good romantic tension. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Are we going to do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, are we about What yeah. about strip poker? Yeah, that's true. Uh. I, I like this dip into the fears mm-hmm. that they're each coping with here. We're Antonio and Tony and Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do largely th- the cops. Yeah, I think that um, I'm ill-equipped to comment on like who is making a good argument here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is interesting to me this. Um, very, very commonly assigned to men, um, tactic of raising Mm. their sons is like, I want him to be able to defend himself, regardless of the context. Right, right. That, Um, that through line masculinity. Yeah, I thought it was interesting we were bringing that up in Mm -hmm. this partnership. Because that does seem to be a thing, which Mm -hmm. I find very opaque. I've never really, never really understood it. I think for this show, I'm reflecting a lot to the early relationship that FP and Jughead demonstrated on screen oh, yeah. as kind of a touchstone for for what what very specific culture Fangs is referencing. Sure, yeah. Um, and because the show's old enough that I can we can do that now. Yeah, and actually going further back, like FP trying to be a like a very square kind of straight A student, yes. and then switching over to something other than that yes i have nothing to add to this this flirty banter as they yeah make make eyes at each other it's great yeah um had to remind ourselves who uh yeah, moose's I dad was no played by simon hussey local yeah, local horror true. theater actor um but yeah simon hussey in a play no i directed a play that he wrote yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long time ago, back uh, when I was... Shame he's not back. A different person. Um, that was in the same double feature, wasn't it, Chloe? That I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did, oh, yeah. Anyway, the boys kiss. The boys We're flutter and kiss. Yes. We're referencing uh, Spectral Theater, which used to do a horror double bill of two mm. short plays very late at night in a little theater that I don't think is a theater anymore, is Nope. It? The whole society is uh, R.I.P.'d itself. No, I knew the society had already. Oh yeah, the, itself, the theater, it... the roof fell in in the theater. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Yep, that. Yep. that's uh, that's Vancouver real estate. Yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I also think it's interesting that Tony's having to deal with um, um, some like ex resentment yeah. for things of Kevin. Yep. I knew he was gonna do this. I knew he was gonna bail. This. This also pinged something for me in the, um... Yeah? Uh, a beat that felt like it could have led to domestic violence or fallen in that category right here. Oh, that's interesting. As Fangs walks off to solve things his way, Mm. which is contextually, I think, not dissimilar to Tony hitting below the belt with social shame. Hmm. These are the strategies available to them in a horrible situation. Um, and yet, 
I I certainly reacted to one very differently, personally. Yeah, that's interesting. I um domestic violence is a is an undertone here, mm-hmm. either fangs toward Tony or fangs toward Kevin. Really, mm-hmm. did not occur to me. It's interesting that you picked that up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it and I thought I thought it was, it intrigued me that they were using this tactic that women I think are positioned to use in mm-hmm. relationships with men. Yes. To be conciliatory and to bring in the kiss and do these things to sort of keep the situation that they're in safe. The sharp veer straight um, to romance uh, struck me as also an, a rather unhealthy resolution for them both. Yeah. And it's interesting. What does she What does she hear? Uh, she doesn't really hear anything intense, and she's all like, I gotta get the gun. Yeah, she, well, she hears so just some creepy, creepy, disjointed noises, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, like you kind, of, like you were saying before, I, I think it might suggest future knowledge yeah. that um, that is amping up her tension all around us. Um, I love how she's like, ugh. Like, now we know we've got the, like, oh, I thought you were going to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, again, it's punctuation, but it's very effective punctuation. Yeah. And then like drama. This, but I also really like the, the camaraderie that's present here. With mm-hmm. with the sudden hookup, the, like that little slap on the knee, the like, well, like I've done that. You know oh what I mean? yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah, nice yeah, yeah, one, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Friends you have sex with, it's a great vibe. Yeah. Um, possibly a romantic precursor, possibly just good friends. Yeah. Um, a trauma. I love he's just reading next to. Yeah. Who took a nap after they were done? It's cute. I like it. And all the more poetic and sweet looking and little curly hairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they cuddle. And then I give you a snug. This is good. This is good. This and is Kevin's like, more than Kevin's stuff, earned the last few years. Stuff's going on. But I, I do think it's interesting that either Kevin's humanity is more accessible when he has this intimate moment or right. he doesn't have... Um, he didn't need to be pushed much by Percival, and he's still fundamentally the same person. Right. Either way, it's interesting to me. <clears throat> I think Moose is going to come into play in an important way, much in the, the same way the casino has played a role in Veronica, we believe, and Pops. Yeah. Um, I think we have some adjacent attachment uh, that isn't the exploitable fear tragedy of parenthood. Um, yeah, I, I hope. I'm really surprised to see us going back to one of Kevin's first traumas. Yeah. Like, if you're still there, buddy, we got we got a ways to go. And then Cheryl does actually a reasonably sensible thing, honestly. Let's yeah. let's be real. It's take a knife when you go to see your abuser, <laughs> you know? <coughs> um Generator and go. Yay. Lighting it probably had fun with that effect. Let's turn everything on a little bit, partially at once, and... Yeah. I mean, I was worried for a moment we were instantly dead. That Penelope was just gone. (laughs) I was a little bit... I didn't think we were going to go there, but it occurred to me that, you know, Candlestick in in the chapel is very much how they do. Truly, yeah. That said, broiling from the inside with your magic powers... Yeah. Not that, an improvement? That was, like, very intense. Yes. Um, and no human should be 140 degrees ever. And it concerned me. Yep. Yep. It's, um... I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it as a calibration of Cheryl's powers violence potential. It shows yeah. me the range that the current Riverdale human will absorb Cheryl's magic without dying. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Because she should yeah. absolutely be dead at 144. Yeah. If that's her consistent internal temperature, oh, good God, she that's way past pass-out temperature. But comic book rules get re-explained to us here. I am the maiden and the dragon. 
It's such a good, a good line. line. You called it the first time through. Yeah. And, yeah. Then some clunky bits, but loving Nathalie Bolt's consistency. Like, she gives a clean read that I will I would absolutely believe if we get a cutaway evil smirk eight episodes from now. Yeah. Um, like, it's good enough that I'm, I'm comfortable in the ambiguity. Yeah. And so again, she... we get back to a core trauma. Yeah. This is very notebook. This is very the notebook. Mm. Horror and in Riverdale. Um, this is how <laughs> Riverdale would do the notebook. Is what I'm saying here. <laughs> um, and I do wonder about what Natalie Bolt's character, what uh, Penelope, mm-hmm. is saying later in the scene when she asks for forgiveness. She was. She says something like, "I thought I saw something in you." That I saw myself that was monstrous. Right. Is she talking about attraction to women? Is she talking about independence? Is she talking about something else? Like, I, it wasn't clear to me. Yeah, it was very, very ambiguous. Maybe something they would revisit. But I definitely, I mean, I got, my my clear len- queer lenses are always on, right? Yeah. I've always got that filter running passively. <laughs> um, so I assumed, oh, we got a bisexual or, or lesbian Penelope. Uh, and that's part of her trauma story. Um, and uh, Nana Rose conspicuously absent. Yeah. Something we also talked a lot more privately amongst ourselves than this time with you, gang. Yeah. Um, that I just it is circumspect that we don't see Nana Rose once. I don't think we can reconcile the reality of Nana Rose and Penelope in the same world right now without. You know, in the in the in the game of big deep breakdown talks, I don't think they're equipped to stage that one. Yeah, but I want to get it at some point because they do deal with big stuff on this show. Well, we've seen Nana do horrible things this season, but also bound back immediately. Hmm. Um, not unlike Penelope. Like, I think it's most likely that they'll be united in evil. Personally. Penelope and... And Nana, Nana Rose. Rose. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's the most likely outcome to see them together. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Forgive, Forgive me, my trespasses. trespasses. It's such a, an evocative sentence. Do not invoke um, the Lord's name in vain. I think <laughs> that includes using quotes from the Bible to guilt trip your child into forgiving your violent abuse. Yeah, maybe, and yeah, that's certainly something that the context of Catholicism could do with a little more clarity on, probably. <sighs> um, Kevin grows, fangs falls apart. Yeah. One person's always in crisis. Usually the boys. Oh, you're open to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's safety in numbers. It's such a nice view of non-conventional family structures, but um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really expect this from Fangs, to be honest. Yeah. I respect the anger, and I respect this line in particular. I'm not sure you possess that integrity. Because Kevin's been acting pretty class as a dirtbag. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and started the worst of this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, absolutely. After... After piecing out as as uh, a tertiary parent, essentially to go to Broadway, yes, uh, not not participating as a primary parent following the breakup, but now now insisting on custody. There's just even Percival mess. <sighs> yeah, bye Hiram. Bye Hiram. Last of your legacy departs this show, except it probably isn't because nothing ever ends on Riverdale. I wait for the appearance of Veronica's benevolent twin uncle. (laughs) (laughs) This is a twist. This was a twist. I feel like a lot happens off stage in this episode, and I don't hate it. Yes, it's very effective messenger speeching uh, to get things moving forward. I didn't feel like I was watching a chess game be played. I felt like I was watching the tournament bracket progress. Yeah, good way of putting it. I like this step in this twist. 
it echoes their history and it, it, it amps up the kind of power again. Like, no one called Tabitha. Mm. Great, which you already knew was the fat was the factor, but there's no there's no no quarter given to um, courtesy in, in law here anymore. They're at they're at the fight stage. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then we get this big reveal, the Doctor Strange reveal. Yeah, that Tabitha has done it all and lived a lot. Yeah. And when? In between episodes. Yeah, which doesn't, yeah, again, doesn't bother me. Yeah, it it works. Because this reveal is so solid. Yeah. And I, I assumed that it would not be something so dire and plot sen- sentimental that inspired that uh, that I, I, I don't want to lose him comment. Yeah. But no, it's that's at the core of everything. Yeah. I also, um... The other thing that I uh, find intriguing about this is that we've seen Jughead die, pretend die, or almost die. Yep. On this show a lot. So it feels empty, which kind of makes me think maybe it's real this time. Well, he calls it himself. He calls the trope out himself, right? Immediately saying, this isn't my first time being marked for death or destined for death. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, great point. Um, especially because we we have to assume that this show is looking for off-ramp options. It is unknown how many seasons will continue. Yeah, it did um, get renewed for another one. But. Yes. Notably, um, a lot of new programming in the Warner sphere has been canceled this season. Um, oh. Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow... Um, a lot of um, sci-fi programming. Um, there's, there's been it's it's in a it, it's a waning period for the television boom. Netflix has had huge layoffs recently as well. Oh, really, I didn't know that. So they that's not a sustaining beat either necessarily. So we have our next season, but anything more is up in the air. Yeah. Which you know, always the case, but. Now more than usual, more precarious than it's been, I think. But that's for a lot of shows on right now. Yeah. So probably in the writer's room, I would assume they're having the, oh, if we don't get renewed, even though we've told we've been renewed. Yeah. I'm having that talk. Probably. I mean, that they might be far enough along. Like Snowpiercer, for example, is continuing its next season, Mm -hmm. uh, which is wrapping up the story. But... They are a little further along uh, in in the pipeline. And Riverdale. I'm so glad we're getting the rest of Snowpiercer. <laughs> I, I really need to watch Snowpiercer. I love David Diggs. Um, it's, it's my escape. It's dystopia right now. <laughs> I... Camp. Yeah, that was fun. I really... Camp. I really don't know camp, if she's camp, pregnant or camp. not. I genuinely don't. I accept it as a cliffhanger of the blatant, tropiest, TVist, seventh heaveniest, vintage CW programming kind. Yeah. I take it as it is, and it is joy. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a well done beat. It's it's a parody without needing any direct illusion. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of putting it. Well, I really liked that episode, I'll be honest. Yep, it aged better again on rewatch. And I, I, a lot of superhero threads that come together near the end. Percival is the mayor, this, this, this real, uh, Lex Luthering, supervillain finagling step that ups the stakes. Um, the, the powers conversations they have underscored by these really intimate moments, which are really out of out of the norm this season. Yeah, you know what it's made me think of just now at the end of the mm-hmm. episode? Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I haven't seen a ton of superhero movies, so I'm basing this theory on uh, the few that I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always some very un-superhero-y scenes to really hu- humanize the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, feel yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. I feel like we got a big dollop of that this episode, so the writers are kind of going like, don't forget... These are these characters have all these emotional underpinnings. Yeah. Now we're yeah. gonna go back yeah. to the superhero stuff. Yeah. 
Yes, I think yeah, I think you're that's completely right. Mm-hmm. Both in in comedic and dramatic flares, the yeah. the underpinning beats of the superheroes as they are going to be. Um, like I wouldn't be shocked if they're in suits next episode. If they're in what, if oh, they're in suits. suits. Oh, I was like <laughs> business suits. I understand what you mean now. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes me think of moments like in. Um, I think it's at the end of Endgame, spoilers, mm-hmm. where we see Captain America <laughs> back in time with his sweetie. Yep. Like, moments like that, I mm-hmm. feel like, is what this show did on on Amp. Yes. Now, I'm excited, um, just since we're on the subject, about, um, because Marvel, a lot of people are excited. There's a, a new Marvel movie coming out this week, next week. Um, uh, the next Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Which also includes Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, who I adore from WandaVision and, yeah. and many quite like. Um, and it's going to crack open. Um, it's start of it's part of a real interesting surge in the last maybe two years into the, the alternate universe multiverse uh, storytelling. The canon is whatever we need it to be today can- storytelling. That um, that is a Marvel hallmark. It's something they've done in their comics in the past to really refresh storytelling at times of stagnation. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other other places have rebooted canon. Marvel just makes the Amazing Spider-Man, who is a totally <laughs> different Spider-Man <laughs> in a different different circumstances and set and story, and we're going to just tell that story. Yeah. Um, and I think the the cinematic universe of Marvel has started to lean into that as well. DC could take lessons once again but yeah. soon they're behind anyway um yeah yeah i see. i see i'm excited by the bones coming together yeah i think this is gonna be a good back end of this season i'm looking forward to it curse you for giving me intimate intimate feels about my boy kevin again after i wrote him off yeah you've made you've made us like kevin <sighs> i just want to know what happens to him and it for it to not suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, gang, okay, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Till next week. See you next week, gang.